God, thank you for today. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, especially this gift of life. Give us the strength and the wisdom to do what you would want us to do with it. We want to worship you for you right now because you are the utmost in glory and power. You are our provider and our Lord. Amen.
He was getting ready to do a guitar solo. He was shaking it. And I was like, Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the second week of Advent. Danae and, uh, I'm sorry, what's your mom's name again? Leah. That's right. Come on down. So, uh, our second week of Advent this year will be peace. And this is where we light the second candle. Here, and this will be the candle of peace, and I'll give you that ready, and we're actually going to write both of them, so by the end of this, we'll have candles like all over, so just hold on. I know you're excited, but just hold on. Teenagers in fire, what are you going to do, all right? So Christ was born just as God had promised, and God's people had been waiting for, for centuries, and waiting and waiting and waiting, and it finally happened. In Isaiah 9, 6, the prophecy was for To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. God's Word calls on us to trust him. He invites us to believe his promises and his message. The prophet Isaiah long ago understood that the message is given not necessarily is not always a message that is believed. But just as a mirac- but just as miraculous as a star or an angel's voice, the Bible is God's message inviting us to come to Christ. A powerful, miraculous journey begins with those who hear the message and believe. Go ahead. 
This is Leah and Danae, mother and daughter. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear your message. We ask that you open our hearts so that we believe your message. We ask that you clear our minds and infuse us with wisdom so that we understand your message. And we ask for peace, Lord. Peace that, that brings contentment, wholeness. Peace that brings excitement so that we will share the good news, the gospel, with all the people of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, ladies. So we have a few announcements this morning, as we always do. Uh, who came to worship night last night? Everybody here? Yeah. You guys are all red-eyed and crazy. You've been up playing all night. Don't forget, GGF is hosting a sock drive uh, for the door. Um, and uh, please drop your, sh- your socks in the decorated box in the foyer. Not the ones you're wearing. Go buy some and drop those in there. The angel tree is still out front. Um, one thing you should know about the angel tree is not all the tags are on there. What are the tags I'm talking about? Well, the tags are hanging on the tree, and those are the things you grab if you would like to be able to provide um, uh, a gift for families in need. And all the directions are right there on there. So you just read it right on the back of it. It tells you exactly what to do, what's needed. Um, it also says you can drop them off at a couple of places. Please just bring your your gifts here. We'll take care of uh, dispersing them out to the families. And more tags will be added next week. We're still waiting on some, um, some tags from uh, the prison ministries. And so if you, if, there's, if you run out of tags, you got there, there's no tags left, don't worry about it. We're going to add more tags. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to give and, uh, um, and, and uh, bless those people who are less fortunate than yourselves. Um, class 101 is right after the second service. It'll be in room 103. It'll be Pastor Dave and myself. We're going to be in there. We would love uh, to tell you all about the church if you haven't had a chance to, to get in and hear a little bit more about what the message of the church, what the vision of the church, um, what the goal of the church is. Come check it out. You'll also get a chance to meet the staff. And for those of you who haven't met the staff, um, come to our meet and greet as well after this service and we have a gift for you. Um, and that's pretty much it. What we'll do right now is, of course, dismiss our kids to Kids Church. Guys, go have a good time. And for the rest of you, enjoy the music and enjoy... Shepherds, watch our kids. 
Thanks, Josh. I I asked Josh if he would play that particular song to sort of set the tone for our message today and and to sort of set the tone for this this season. And in a little bit, I'm going to share with you what Christmas means to me because I've sort of recaptured it. Actually, I didn't do it. God helped me recapture it um, as I was preparing for this, this sermon series. Something happened. My soul was regenerated. And hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that today. But let's, let's take the offering, guys, if you wouldn't mind, and we'll pray. Lord, being able to come into your house on a Sunday and worship you in music, in scripture, in our giving is a huge honor and one we don't even deserve. But we thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. When they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. From the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From the prophet to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace peace when there is no peace we look for peace but no good came for a time of healing but behold terror the way of peace they have not known for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law indeed it cannot but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace For we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, for he himself is our peace. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. The greatest event the world had ever known had occurred. 
the Messiah had been born. The long-awaited Messiah had been born. All of history had been moving towards this one point in time. For thousands of years, here it was, being compressed at this one point in time in the most humblest of circumstances in a manger because there was absolutely no room in any of the hotels, hostels, or in anybody's house in Bethlehem because everybody from the surrounding uh, towns and cities had to come to the town to be counted. So there was no place for them to stop, to, 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 to stay. And so they found, of course, we know this, they found room in a manger. The livestock hanging out. They did the best they could. Made a little crib. You've seen the nativity scenes. You know what this is like. And here it was, this, this little child, this baby. Everything had been compressed into that. The most humblest of circumstances to the most humblest of women, Mary. And now this kind of thing you would think would cause a lot of excitement amongst, you know, if, when, for example, when, when, when a child was born to a Roman emperor, when Augustus, who was the emperor, was born, it was announced everybody in Rome knew about it, right? Everybody in, in Syria and Bethlehem and, 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 and Gallic lands, everywhere the Roman Empire was, you would know that a savior had been born. But to Jesus, that wasn't the case. It started out small, but amazing things were going to be happening in the world because of that. The Prince of Peace had been born. Now, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And you've probably heard that if you've ever seen uh, you know, a movie uh, with a, a couple of Jewish guys. They come up to each other and they say shalom. It's, kinda, it's kind of like aloha is to Hawaiians, right? Aloha means goodbye. It means hello. Um, or... Uh, or, you know, that you've heard that Eskimos have 50 words for snow. But what they really have are a, a different word for different kinds of snow. Okay, that's crunchy snow that's had wind blown over it. We have a word for that. Oh, that's fresh skiing powder. We have a word for that. But shalom means many, many things. The, it, 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 it's, it's, it means so much because there's so much in that word. It's not like it can just be used in a lot of different ways. The thing about shalom is it's impossible to describe what it means in just one way. It has uses. It's got utilitarian value. You can say hello and goodbye with it, but that's not what they mean when they say shalom. There's so much more being said when you say the word shalom. Okay, here's a couple of the meanings. Shalom means completeness, wholeness, health. It means peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. Shalom comes from the verb, uh, uh, the root, meaning to be complete, perfect, full. 
It means to be fully paid. Isn't that amazing? And you know what's more amazing? Is that Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Shalom. He's not just the prince of the guy that's going to come and stop the wars. It means more than that. It means more than just the absence of warfare. When we say he is the prince of peace has come, we're saying the prince of fullness, of completeness, prosperity, welfare, harmony. The prince of peace has come. And here he is. The late pound baby boy in a manger, the prince of peace. The world had changed in that moment. It was an amazing moment. Can you imagine what that was like? Today's sermon is going to be on verses 8 through 20. So we're going to skip ahead just a little bit. Luke chapter 2. And here's where we pick it up. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of your people. Today, In the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, just imagine this. I just want you to try to imagine what this was like. On a hillside, dark, here's this angel. And then suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. And when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what they had told, what was told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Peace. I love shepherds. I just, I love the metaphor for shepherds in the Bible. Because it is the exact example of what it is, our relationship is between God and us. Just as the shepherds have their livestock. And of course there's going to be lots of shepherds back then. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, animal husbandry was a big thing. It was a big, that was their food source. They didn't go to Walmart. They went out to the field, killed a lamb. They ate that. That's what they did. Shepherds were important. They protected the protein for these villages. So it was a very important deal. But they they nurtured these animals. 
They corralled them. You've heard the story of, 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 of sheep that keep running away when they're little. What they'll do sometimes is they'll break their legs. I know this is a horrible thing. They'll break their legs and then they'll carry the sheep around their neck. And then that sheep will learn that it needs, if it wants protection, if it wants to go anywhere, it needs to know that the shepherd is the one that's going to be giving that direction and telling it where to go, when to eat, and to take care of it. And now sometimes God does that in sort of a metaphorical way to us. He will give us the beat down when we need it, when necessary, to bring us back on track. But I love the idea of shepherds. And we all do this today if you think about it. Think about what we try to do with our animals. It's kind of the same thing that God is trying to do with us. Let me give you an example. You've seen the YouTube videos where the guy films his dog and then, you know, dubs in his own voice. Have you seen this? He's like, hey, guess what? And the dog's like, what? I, I just made a sandwich with bacon. Oh, I love bacon. And then you know what I did with it? What? I gave it to the cat. No! Okay. The dog's so upset. But that's what we do. We project onto our animals. We take care of them, we feed them, we spend a lot of money on toys and on little booties so their feet don't get cold when they go outside, and we take care of them. We love them, we make them a part of our family, and here's what else we do. We try to bring them up to our level. We try to pretend that they can think and speak and feel the way we do, because we love them. And this is what God does to us as our shepherds. Can we be divine in this world? No. But he wants us. He wants us to aspire to be divine. He wants to lift us up and to bring us to him. He wants us to know the kind of peace. Shalom. That he knows. He wants to fulfill us. He wants to bring out the best in us. And that's why he came. He came to show us the way. He was the way, the truth, and the light. He was the completeness of prophecy, as Eric is going to talk about. And when you hear this stuff that Eric talks about next week, I believe it is, it will blow your mind what had to happen for this moment to occur. But it happened because God loves you, because he's your shepherd. We are his flock. He wants us to come up to his level and to know the peace that he knows. And one day, guess what? We will. Not in this life, but we can approach it in this life. And in the next life, we can actualize it. We can realize it. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Yes, of course they were terrified. Angels are pretty amazing things. They don't just show up. And they certainly don't just show up and talk to you. You're just sitting there, you know, you got your cloak wrapped around you. You're watching sheep who are sleeping. So you're just trying, you're trying to stay awake, make sure the coyotes don't come or somebody comes and steal your, your livestock and you're sitting there talking to your friend and trying to keep each other awake. And it's cold out there, but this is your job. It's important. And all of a sudden, blam, here's this angel standing on the hillside. And you're like, what? It's pretty scary. And this happens to everybody in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. 
Nobody ever sees an angel and goes, hey, what's up? Never happens. Abraham, you know, who else? Gideon, I don't know. Everybody, there's ton, Jeremiah, it happens. Daniel, it happens over and over. And everybody's initial reaction when they see an angel is to be frightened to death. And, yeah, whoa. <laughs> but, after they hear what the angel has to say, and he says, listen, just as he had to say to Mary, Calm down. I've got good news. I'm not going to destroy your lands. I want to tell you about something that's going to happen or has just happened. I want to tell you that this Messiah that you've been thinking about, that you've been reading about, that you've been learning about your entire life has come. And here's where you can find him. And the thing about angels, about uh, heavenly hosts, when they speak to us, They inspire us to obey. It's not this this obedience that we think of when when we think of obedience as this, well, this is the rule, I have to follow it, this is what I have to do. God has told me, this is the law. Do not do this, do not do this, do this, do this. The thing about this, the thing about peace, what it does, when you feel it, when you know it's present, when it's in your body, You want to obey God. He brings that about naturally, organically, because it's living inside of you. Then you have this glory that's inside of you, as opposed to Moses, who just had it on the outside. It's living inside of you. You want to obey. Your mind is renewed. And I told you I was going to tell you about Christmas and about what is happened to me in the last month or so. No clue why this whole Advent thing came up. It just did. Well, I I know now, but I didn't know at the time that God was speaking to me. And uh, I just thought it was another one of my great ideas. And uh, (laughs) it always happens. You know, I have to give footnotes to any of my great ideas. See God, Ibid, you know. For about the last decade, since I came back to the church, since I came back, I have been trying to recapture this feeling that I had. I remember being about eight years old, and my daughter's about that age right now, so this is really cool. I wanted to recapture that feeling I had at Christmas. It was... It was... It, it wasn't excitement over presents. I, I, as far, I never think I ever believed in Santa Claus. Is there any little kids in here? Plug your ears, all right? I don't think I ever did. I can't remember a time when he was, for me, not my parents, you know? I don't know if I saw them going, sneaking out there and, you know, eating the cookies or whatever the case may be, but it was, it's never been, been about that. It was never just about that feeling in the morning. I hated getting up at 5.30 in the morning with my brothers and sisters to open presents. And all the, all the pictures you see of us at Christmas, little pictures that we have, the Polaroids, the snapshots, there is, there are, all the kids are in their underwear, for one thing, right? And I'm the grumpy one in the back with your hair sticking out in my underwear going, I don't want to open anything. 
Christmas vacation, I don't want to get up early. I want to sleep till 10 and watch Scooby-Doo the rest of the day, all right? So it wasn't about that. It wasn't just about that. It wasn't just about Christmas carols. It wasn't just about being able to watch the, the shows, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We didn't have Netflix. You watched them once a year. If you missed it, it was over. Or It's a Wonderful Life, which is on like 50 times a day now, you know? It's not so wonderful anymore. <laughs> Although Jimmy Stewart's great, isn't he? You weren't there, George, to save him. You were never born. Or, or uh, last night we watched A Christmas Carol, uh, Charles Dickens, and it was fantastic. There was, it wasn't just about these things. So even though over the past, you know, several years, I've been grabbing these things and collecting them like firewood and, and saying, okay, here's, I'm gonna, we're going to decorate the house. We're going to Christmas we're going to sing songs. We're going to make eggnog. We're going to do all the things that Christmas is. And I thought if I gathered enough of these together, somehow that feeling would come back and I would be able to instill that in my children. But it wasn't working. It just didn't work. I still like Christmas. It's great. It's an awesome time of year. But the fullness wasn't there that I had as the youngest child that I can remember. Eight years old is, is the one when I really mem- remember it encapsulating for me. And the only thing I could think of, and I know I'm not going to explain it well, and I've tried over and over to try and verbalize it this week, but it's like shalom. It's like peace. You can't really put it into words. But for me, Christmas was this this time when God just took the world and covered it. It's right there. It was like the moment that Jesus was born before the first cry, even maybe right, right as he was taking his first breath, it was like the world just stopped spinning for a moment. And everything was still. And everything, everybody in the world, the shepherds in the field, Even the livestock in the manger stopped and took notice. Something had just happened. It was holy. That moment in the manger was holy. I can see it in my mind. I can feel it like I'm there. I know I cannot explain it to you. But for me, that's what Christmas has always been. It is holy, it is amazing. The incarnation. And I'm just so happy that I've rediscovered that. I I have no idea how I'm going to get my kids. Maybe they've got it already. I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of thing that you need to, that the Holy Spirit has to come and live inside of you for you to understand it again. But I am so thankful to get back to that moment. And it's exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. So they hurried off. Boom, they said, let's go. 
Let's go. Come on. Grab your cloak. The sheep will be fine. <laughs> I'll call my friend. They'll watch the sheep. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Peace, this completeness, when it lives inside of you, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and brings this shalom, it's exciting. It really is. And you want to tell people about it. You can't help yourself. And it makes us want to thank God. And that's what I've been doing for the past few weeks and hopefully I will be doing for the rest of my life is just to thank God for all the things that He has done in my life that He does on a daily basis. And it helps me reconnect with that moment at Christmas. So I can have that feeling of Christmas all throughout the year. That feeling of holiness. I can just jump back into that moment and then come out and be excited again and want to tell the world about the greatest event in mankind would know. Well, up until that point, he topped himself 33 years later. That's Jesus for you. But it brings about an excitement. And it makes you want to witness for God. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what had been told them about this child. Now, for us, if an angel appeared to any one of us and told us something, probably the last thing we would do is go run and tell people. People would be like, okay. Strap you up, take you to the fourth floor of the hospital. That's what they would do with you. What <laughs> room? But that's what they did. They were excited. They knew. I mean, geez, when you see a real angel, you know, you get excited. You get this excitement. But he also gives you bravery. He gives you courage. And when that prince, as I said, when that peace comes inside of you, it lives inside of you. You shine. You have this internal glory. It's not reflected glory of the law anymore. It's the living glory that lives inside of you. And you want to tell people about it. And guess what? When it does shine, when you've tapped into it, you don't have to worry about having opportunities because God will present you opportunities to witness for Him. And here's how He'll do it. He'll do it in the most amazing ways. Guys, if you're not a Christian yet, I'm going to tell you, this is pretty cool. If you have God inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, something changes about your countenance. People look at you and they go, that person's happy. Bad things still happen to that person. But the way they deal with it is amazing. I've seen people who are Christians stand on this very stage who have just lost a son or a daughter But because of their faith, because of the Holy Spirit living inside of them, they end up bringing comfort to the people who are sitting on the other side of it. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. That's what peace, when it lives and abides inside of you, can do for you. And when people see that, people want a piece of that. They're like, what's he got? What's going on? Give me some. And you will have the opportunity. As 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer for the faith that you have. 
The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He brings out excitement. He brings out obedience. He brings out your best and He brings out your worship and your witness. And we, you tell people about Jesus, start with what you know best, guys. When you talk about Jesus this time of year, when people come up to you who are atheists and they're not Christians, and they're like, eh, Christmas thing, I don't know, I don't... And you see these billboards that were, ah, oh, this year I'm not doing Christmas because I'm too old to believe in fairy tales and things like that. You can just say, hey, listen. Fine. But look at me. Look how my life has changed. Listen to my experiences with God. I seem like a normal person to you, don't I? I'm able to hold a job. I'm not in a straight jacket. I'm not a crazy, wild person who's going around spouting out nonsense to people. I am a normal human being, somebody that you interact with every day, and that you ask me why I'm happy. I tell you why I'm happy, and you tell me it's a fairy tale. Do I seem like I believe in fairy tales? Do I seem like the kind of person who would bring comfort, completeness, wholeness, absence of discord, absence of agitation, All these things, do I get these from a fairy tale? No. These are real things. And they've changed my life. And I'm telling you, it can change yours too. It's a free gift of grace. You no longer have to earn your way into being a nice person. To be good enough that one day, maybe, if there is a God and a heaven, you'll get there. It's a gift of grace. It's free. I want to call up the band at this point, And we're going to go ahead and cover this last part about peace. And this, of course, is that peace brings praise to God. Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered on them. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and they'd seen, which were just as they had been told. I'm telling you, because God has told me and God has shown me when he put peace in my heart, that your life can change. If you're sitting out there And you came to church perhaps because it's the Christmas season. You come to church every once in a while. You're nominally a Christian. You were born this way. But you don't feel something living inside of you. You don't feel this peace and all that it means, shalom, living inside of you. Perhaps you really haven't given your life over to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're not at that point. I want to ask you to consider that, to consider making a change in your life that will change your life forever. Make a change in your life that will pay dividends right here, right now. Make a change in your life that will pay dividends for the next life, the eternal life, because remember, it is your choice. You can accept this free gift of grace that started out in a manger in this humble circumstance to these humble people announced by these humble shepherds that changed the world. 
you can accept that. That gift. And one day spend eternity in heaven. Or you can say, my will be done. You can reject that gift. And you know what the outcome there will be? A thousand times, ouch. An eternity of ouch. If you have friends and neighbors at this time of year, I want you to praise God in your heart. I want you to praise God in your car. I want you to praise God in your shower so that when you walk out and you see these people, you are on fire for God and they ask you, what is this shalom that's living inside of you? Or they'll probably say, what is this peace? And then you can tell them about shalom and all the cool things you learned today. And you can give credit to me. That's fine. Make sure you carry the gift of Christmas in your heart every single day. Make sure you carry the gift of shalom in your heart every day. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We obviously are not worthy of anything that happens to us. The only thing that we're worthy of is death. Because we were separated from you, we remain separated from you. But you loved us so much, loved us so much that you would would come down to this horrible, sin-infested planet and give us the good news. That you would one day go and give your life and take on all our sins, all our iniquity. That you would stand in the gap for us so that we could be justified, sanctified, and worthy of coming near you. We thank you for the gift of this life and we thank you for the gift of your life and we thank you for the gift of the life to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. you guys need to talk to someone or someone to pray with, you can come down to the front. There are people that really want to connect with you. If you have any questions. I gotta write that down. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince Sacrifice